we've put together a brand new sample of RAR Premium. So if you've been on the fence about joining us inside RAR Premium, you can get a free sample now to see if it's a good fit for your family. To get that free sample, go to readaloudrevival.com slash sample or just text the word RAR sample like it's all squished together in one word. <laughs> RAR sample to the number 33777. Okay, here's the show. You're listening to the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. This is the podcast that helps you make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. Hey, 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 Sarah McKenzie here with episode 87 of the Read Aloud Revival podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Oh man, we have got a good show for you today and a doozy of a book list. You are definitely going to want to check out the show notes for this episode at readaloudrevival.com slash 87 because this is podcast episode 87. If you haven't peeked at our show notes in a while, go do that today. We recently made some changes to how we do show notes and they're pretty beefed up. They're pretty awesome, actually. You can see a time-stamped listener guide to the episode in case you want to jump around to particular parts of the show. We have complete transcripts for podcast episodes as well. So if you know someone who would benefit from what we do here at Read Aloud Revival, but isn't much of a podcast listener, you can send them to the website to grab the transcripts now, which is really awesome. And of course, we've got uh, main points pulled out for you in case you think, oh man, what was that one thing she said? We may actually have pulled it out for you in our little guide. And we, of course, have every single book recommended in every episode of the podcast laid all out for you in that episode's show notes so that while you listen, you can just enjoy yourself. So the show notes for this episode are at readaloudrevival.com slash 87. We're going to talk about books that celebrate adoption today. And it's a great show with a slew of book recommendations. So let's get right to it. Brooke Cooney describes herself as an introverted homeschooling mom to four beautiful children. She and her husband have been married for 15 years and they've been foster parents. She writes about the experience beautifully in a post at ibelieve.com. We'll make sure we link to that in the show notes. She also has a fantastic website. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. ThisTemporaryHome.com. They have an adopted child and Brooke and her family are currently in the process of adopting two more children, which will instantly make them a family of six. Today, she's joining to talk about books that celebrate adoption and adopted children. This has been something we've been wanting to talk about some more for a long time. So I'm excited to chat with her about that. Brooke, welcome to the Read Aloud Revival. Thank you so much, Sarah. I am delighted to be joining you today. Well, I've been looking forward to this conversation too. Do you want to give our listeners a little more background on sort of your family journey and the adoption, what adoption has looked like in your family and all that good stuff? Yes. So we have two biological children. Ron, my husband, and I had wanted to adopt even before we got married. We talked about that. So we've looked into international adoption after our daughter, our oldest daughter was born and quickly decided that wasn't the right time as we got pregnant with our oldest son. So a couple of years later, when he was two, we started foster care. We knew we wanted to adopt, but 
I read a couple of books, particularly Kisses from Katie. And that made me think, oh, maybe we should consider foster care as well. So we fostered one son for 13 months. And when he was reunified with his dad, we were excited for their family. But we were also very heartbroken because we love with our whole heart any child that comes into our home. And so we took a two-year break. And at the end of those two years, we said, you know what? It's time to adopt. And one of our friends from church was fostering a beautiful little boy. She had just received them into her home, their home. It's a family. And we began the adoption process with him. So that took us over a year and a half just to get him placed in our home. And and during that time when he was placed in our home, we got a call that said, hey, his mom's going to have another child. And would you consider adopting that child as well? So we had quite the surprise. And instantly, we went from a family of four to a family of five and three months later to a family of six. So it's been quite the journey the last two or so years, adding to our family through adoption. Yeah, rapid family growth, right? Yes. (laughs) Um, Katie Davis, I'm glad you mentioned Kisses from Katie. Katie Davis Majors, I loved that book. Have you read her newest book, Daring to Hope? Have you read that one yet? I Not yet. I have it on my to-be-read pile. It's sitting on the shelf right now, and I cannot wait to dive into that one. My 16-year-old read it and loved it. She said it's even better than the first one, so I'm excited to read it too, but I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Yeah, I can't wait. When I saw that a teenage girl from Tennessee could move to Uganda and foster and adopt girls, some of which were probably half her age, I thought, oh my goodness, if she can do that, then certainly we could foster for just one child even. Yeah, so inspiring, right? Okay, so I would love for you to share how books have helped you through the process of adopting and fostering and waiting for your most recent adoption to be finalized. Okay, Sarah, books have encouraged me. The first book was Kisses from Katie, which we already mentioned. Another book in the midst of adopting our youngest son that really spurred me on was a book called Amazing Grace by Eric Metaxas. And it's about the life of William Wilberforce. And he fought for the abolition of slavery in the British colonies for over 20 years. And just his story of tenacity and endurance really encouraged me at a time when I was thinking this is taking way longer than we expected. There's more roadblocks than we had anticipated. And his is just a beautiful, redeeming story. But I will say, if you decide to read that book, that it's quite lengthy. And I listened to the Audible version and really enjoyed that. Another book that really articulated our thoughts on adoption and our views was one by Russell Moore, and it's called Adopted for Life. There's a beautiful chapter in that book about Joseph and how he was the adoptive father of Jesus. And so I just thought that was beautifully written and a great point to make. And really, when I'm thinking about all these books for adoptive families and for adopted children, I want them to feel like, as Linda Sue Park said in episode 53 on the Read Aloud Revival podcast, that they can see those mirrors. And then for children who aren't adopted, that they have those windows and doors to look into the life of another another child. And so having a mirror of Jesus also being adopted is pretty incredible. Okay, so let me back up just a second and let some of our listeners who may have not heard that podcast episode know a little bit more about those mirrors, windows, and sliding glass stories you're talking about. We'll put a link in the show notes to that conversation with Linda Sue Park. Basically, this idea came from Rudine Sims Bishop. She wrote an article about how children need books that are windows, mirrors, and sliding glass doors. Windows in that they allow you to peek into the life of someone else who lives very differently than you do. So you meet people who are outside of your normal circles of acquaintance through books. And then also mirrors in that you need to see your own life reflected back at you. A child feels deep kinship with a character in a book who they can 
relate with, right? And they see their lives reflected mm-hmm. back at them. And also sliding glass doors, which is more like the idea of going through fantasy or seeing a whole new world or seeing things from a completely different paradigm. And so we can link to that article too, because it's really beautiful. And another thing mm-hmm. we'll link to in the show notes is Grace Lynn's TEDx talk, because she talks about those windows, mirrors, and sliding glass doors. So I love that you mentioned that because I can t- totally see how looking for books that are windows, mirrors, and sliding glass doors would be really helpful as you're working through an adoption process and reading with your kids who are being adopted and the children in your home that are adjusting to those new adoptions and lots of dynamics to you know keep in mind there. Certainly, certainly. And that's the great thing about books is that whether you're an adopted child yourself or whether you're like our two older children who walk through this whole process, that you can see yourself in those stories. And then you can see yourself as an agent for change for kids that need it and kids just like you. Finally, reading the many chapter books that I had compiled on my website has been a constant source of joy. When the nonfiction of my everyday life just needed some happy endings and some stories of triumph, or even to move at a little faster pace than maybe we were moving, the mostly fictional accounts that I blazed through on my own and with our family read aloud times was really like honey for my soul. And they have provided the happy endings that we're seeking in our own adoption stories as we look to wrap things up in the spring of this year. Well, you've written several posts on your site about the celebratory nature of adoption or like how to celebrate adoption, which I think maybe what you're talking about here is that sort of happy endings and joy. And I love that you focus so much on books that celebrate adoption as a beautiful thing all on its own. So why has that been so important to you to find books that celebrate that particular experience? Right. So a couple of things. One is we have a huge community of friends in our church, in our homeschool community that have adopted. And oftentimes the international adoptions, they'll tell us when they're coming back to the States and we'll go meet them at the airport. And there'll be a huge crowd there with signs and cheering and just welcoming this new child into the family and into Mm -hmm. our faith family and our community. Also, my desire to adopt started in childhood. I can remember rechecking out in the school library, the hardback copy, and it's very worn and old copy of the boxcar children. And just thinking how blueberries and cold milk and fresh bread were like the most romantic meal that anybody could eat at the time. (laughs) (laughs) I love that part. And next, I knew I'd never be the same after meeting the fateful Anne girl, Anne with an E from Anne of Green Gables, or reading that heartbreaking tale of the little matchbox girl Mm -hmm. at Christmas time and knowing that here was a girl in severe poverty that if someone had just taken a moment to look at her on the street, could have had a very different ending for Mm her. So beginning to make those mental lists of books when I was young carried over and into adulthood when I decided that when our family decided that we wanted to adopt. And so looking at adoption as a celebration, knowing that adoption is not plan A, that all children really should grow up with their own mom and dad and live in their home with them. But it is a plan B and it can be a beautiful plan B. And no matter how old the children are, because people are adopted for very different reasons. It could be a very young child like our children or like some of our friends who have adopted teenage children. At any rate, it's definitely a thing to celebrate. And so we wanted to start out with that. I did, especially in picture books. Those are fun. It's a fun gift to give to someone too when they've adopted a child. episode 52 of the podcast, I talked to Trisha Goyer, who's adopted several children as well. And I remember she was talking about a couple of her girls who had been through several different foster home situations. When she read the Jenny B. Jones books to them, and we can put these in the show notes as well, 
they were sort of shocked and surprised to find themselves reflected in the story. So I would imagine that that's exactly what happens when a child who's going through something, they maybe feel especially alone or like nobody understands them or reads about a character who actually does. (laughs) They think, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not as alone as I thought I was. Right. Right. And just for children like myself who had that passion that we could fan that flame for them and guide them in that direction from an early age, that they can even be doing things now that change the world by just helping, you know, their kids that they know of at church who's been adopted, or if they go to school, those at school, um, befriending them and loving them for who they are and not because of their situation, but just the person that they are. So do you have certain criteria that you use when you choose books about adoption? Right. So primarily I stick with beautiful literature, beautiful books that you would want to read on your own anyway. Each book has either the main character is an orphan or adopted child or the main character's life impacts or is impacted by an orphan child. There's a few on the list that I have on my website of over 50 books about orphans and adoption. There's two in particular that don't really fall in that criteria, but I think with some creative license, we can kind of make them fit. Mm -hmm. One would be Corduroy by Don Freeman. I could not help but get weepy and teary-eyed every time I read that to our foster son because there at the end when he's brought into Lisa's bedroom and he looks around, he sees the girl's size room and then he sees the little bed that's just his size. And then Lisa goes over and sews his button on and she's like, not that there's anything wrong with you without your button, but I think you'll be more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then at the end when he tells her that he knows he's always wanted a friend and he's always wanted a home, that's really the cry of all children's hearts is to to be known and loved and to have a home. So that one I kind of took some creative license with. The picture books are more modern because the attitude around adoptions really changed so much in the last few decades. There's a little more of an open and supportive attitude, many more resources for adoptive parents. So those are a little more recent books. But the rest of them are chapter books that are classic literature and many of them award-winning books that just have lovely language have strong characters and character development. And I also wanted the characters to be culturally diverse because children all around the world are in need of homes. There's many, that's a worldwide issue, not just something here in the States. So I wanted the children in the books to be of many different ethnicities as well. Fantastic. Okay, well, let's start talking about some of your favorite recommendations. So you want to start with picture books? Sure. All right, so picture books, There's a lot of picture books that deal with children adopted from Asian cultures. And some of the ones that you might have seen would be by Rose Lewis. It's called I Love You Like Crazy Cakes or Every Year on Your Birthday. There's also another one by Grace Lynn that's called The Red Thread, an adoption tale, an adoption fairy tale. I love that one. I think you could use that for any child that's adopted. But have you read that one by Grace? No, I love Grace Lynn. We have lots of her books, but we don't have that one. So I'll add it to my list. Yes. they. She says in the back of the book that she had many friends who adopted. So she wanted to write a book that celebrated that. And it talks about a king and a queen who wake up with this pain in their heart. And they don't really know why they have this pain or what caused it to be there. And they call in all the scientists and the people in the the kingdom and no one, doctors, no one can tell them what's wrong with them until an old peddler shows up. And with his glasses, he sees that there's a red thread from both of their hearts, strong all throughout the kingdom. When they put the glasses on, they see it too. So they decide to go out on a journey to find where the red thread ends. And the thread ends with a beautiful baby, um, a beautiful Chinese baby who doesn't have a mom and a dad. And they bring the baby home to be their child in their kingdom. And so it's a beautiful story of them going to find their child and starting a new family together. Another one is when 
sometimes, you know, you adopt children and they're going to look more like you, but other times they're not. And I love the book, I Don't Have Your Eyes by Carrie Kites. Have you read that one? No, I haven't heard of that one. Oh, okay. So that one's beautiful. It, It says, I don't have your hair, but I have your way of letting it down. I don't have your voice, but I have your way of lifting spirits with a song. And it just, it's a beautiful story that really tells you that you don't have to look alike on the outside. It's really what's inside our hearts that matters. So that's a really nice story to share with your children. There's a few more I wanted to mention. One of my very favorite illustrators and children's book authors is Barbara Cooney. And it's not because we have the same last name. It's just because she's simply amazing. (laughs) Yes, I agree. (laughs) Yes, no relation there. But I love her picture book written by Rumor Godden. It's called The Story of Holly and Ivy. A friend of mine gave us this book a couple years ago when we were in the middle of our adoption of our son. And it's just a gorgeously illustrated, beautiful story about a doll named Holly who's wishing for a home and a girl named Ivy who's wishing for a home of her own as well. And then a woman who is wishing for a child to spend Christmas with. And that is a tale that you will want to read every year. I love a that few one. More, <laughs> yes. A few more she's done. One was called Eleanor, and she both wrote and illustrated this book. Mm-hmm. And it's about the life of Eleanor Roosevelt, who was orphaned at a young age and went on to live with her extended family. It's kind of a sad tale. The other two that she wrote are both kind of sad in that Eleanor's mother really focused on outward appearance. And so that was something that's mentioned in the book. And you kind of feel poorly for her about mm-hmm. that. But it's incredible because she went on to be the first lady of the United States and she married FDR. And so it's kind of an encouraging tale to read in that sense. We have that and, one on our shelf as well. And I really enjoy it. I actually read Eleanor Roosevelt's You Learn by Living earlier this year and really enjoy that. Have you ever read that? No, I haven't. I read another book about she and her father this year, but I haven't read that one. I'll have to okay. put it on my list too. Yeah, yeah. It's good. And the last one that I have from Barbara Cooney is called Only Opal and it's Diary of a Young Girl. And it was a it's a true account that she went back and did pictures to. And this little girl does go on to live with different families and doesn't have it doesn't really have a happy ending, which is sad, but the pictures are beautiful and it is just another reminder that everything doesn't always work out, but we can seek to be that change agent in children's lives when we see that we can do something. Okay. And we'll make sure we put links in the show notes because you have lists of picture books with more recommendations on them as well. So if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, I want more, we will put links to Brooke's website in the show notes where you can find those. You want to go to readaloudrevival.com slash 87, and we'll have links there in episode 87's show notes to all of her book lists because yeah, these are fantastic recommendations. get back to today's episode in just a moment, but I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you know about the Read Aloud family. This is a new book I wrote just for you. Here's what I know. You will never, ever regret the time you spend reading to your kids. Connecting deeply with our families can be kind of difficult, right? In our really busy and technology-driven world. But reading aloud is one of the best ways to be fully present with our kids even after they can read to themselves. In the new book, The Read Aloud Family, you'll find the inspiration you need to start a read aloud movement in your own home. You'll discover how to prepare your kids for academic success, how to develop their empathy and compassion all through reading aloud. You're going to learn how to find time to read aloud in the midst of your really busy day, school, sports, dinner dishes, all those pressures on your time and attention. And you'll learn how to choose books across a variety of sibling interests and ages. The best part is that you'll 
Discover how to make reading aloud the very best part of your family's day. The Read Aloud family also offers age-appropriate book lists from infancy all the way through adolescence. So from a toddler's wonder to your teenager's resistance, you're going to discover practical strategies to make reading aloud a meaningful family ritual. The book releases wherever books are sold, March 27th, 2018. But if you order the book before March 27th, you're going to get some extra gifts. And I am so excited. Zondervan let me do this because I made you a brand new video masterclass to show you how to choose books for your kids. So you know that feeling when you walk into a library or a bookstore, or maybe you're cruising around online or something, and you don't know if a book is worth your time or attention or your child's time and attention? In this video masterclass, you're going to find out exactly which two characteristics make a book worth reading. And you'll find out the three-question test I use to decide if a book deserves a place on my family's reading stack. So order the Read Aloud family before March 27th, 2018 to get a promo code to access that masterclass for free. I am thrilled Zondervan is letting me do that. Go to thereadaloudfamily.com to grab your copy. I can't wait to get it in your hands. Okay, what about middle grade novels and chapter books? What have you got for us there? Right, there's some great selections there. One that I was really surprised by and I had not read before, the author of the Glad books, what they're called the Glad books, Pollyanna and Pollyanna Grows Up, Eleanor H. Porter. Those are two fabulous books. But she also had one that had been out of print for a long time. It's called Just David. And you can get a copy of that now, but it is simply beautiful. If you're looking to give your children books that are full of truth, goodness, and beauty, this is one to start with. It's a little bit of a mystery. The boy shows up and he only knows his first name. That's why the title is Just David. But it has nature woven in and beautiful music and a sweet story. So I definitely recommend that one. Some more great books, some that you probably have heard of, Little Men by Louisa May Alcott. Mm -hmm. I love the relationship between Mrs. Bear, who is Joe March, and a boy that comes to live with them named Dan. And she sees Dan is an orphaned boy, has lived in many different places, and she sees his need for both freedom and family. And she really just disciplines him and loves him in a way that makes him want to be the little boy she sees in him. So that's a, a great story. Okay. Another one, Jerry Spinelli's Maniac McGee. Have you read that one? Oh, gosh. I read that when I was in school, but it was one of those books where they assigned all kinds of book reports and I had to make oh, like no. a journal entry according to Grayson. And all, I mean, all I remember is being glad that one was over. And I think it was <laughs> just because of the school assignments that went along with it. So remind me yeah. why it's awesome, because I, I think it got schooled out of me. <laughs> yeah, right. No, don't write any reports this time. But it's a great story. Maniac McGee, it's, it kind of presents it part legend, but part true. And it's just wonderful. It has you laughing and crying. And not only do you have the element of a young boy also needing a home, but you have some race relations in there as well. And it's great because it, he lives among both the east side and the west side of town. And it just talks about how he brings people together. But you will have tissues and then also some laughs with that one. So okay, I love good. that for books. For boys. I think boys would really like that oh, one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Excellent. A lot of voices might tell you that you need to learn how to get better at homeschooling, but I know something about you. You don't actually need to homeschool better. You need to homeschool happier, to have more fun, to smile more, laugh more. You want a twinkle in your eye, <laughs> and you want your kids to know deep in their bones that you love homeschooling them. 
That twinkle is worth pursuing too, because the key to a successful homeschool is a peaceful, happy mother. And that's what we're committed to helping you become at RAR Premium. RAR Premium is a unique program that offers mentoring for you, the homeschool mom, and we offer Open and Go Family Book Club. This is a family book club you can use with all ages from 4 to 17, and it will explore language arts, reading, and we often dip into writing, science, history, all across the curriculum as we uncover so many good and meaningful ideas. The best news is we do all the prep work for you. If you'd like to get a free sample of RAR Premium so you can see if it's a good fit for your family, head to readaloudrevival.com slash sample, or you can just text RAR sample, one word, to the number 33777, and we'll send it your way. Now back to the show. Another chapter book, one that you've had on, that you've mentioned on your show before, and that's where I actually found out was Listening for Lions by oh, Gloria Whelan. I love that book. <laughs> Loved that book. I made the mistake of reading it when my husband was in Uganda, though, to my kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he was like, don't read it while daddy's in Africa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait till he's home. There is a little bit of, you just want to be, with any of these books, since if you have children that are adopted and do come from hard places or have, you know, things in their past they might be sensitive to, I would say pre-read or at least screen or read with some of these books with your children because you're going to know what will help them and what might be a trigger for them. That's a very good point. So being sensitive to the fact that there are some things that we might not expect would be a trigger for them, but very well could be just because we don't know what they've been through. Yeah. Right. A newer book is one called Ruby Holler by Sharon Creech. And my daughter actually read this first and was like, mom, I think you'll like this book. And it's about two twins. Um, a boy and a girl, Dallas and Florida, and they do come from a rough background. They've grown up in an orphanage. And just when they think that, you know, they can't take it anymore, an elderly couple comes in and takes them home with them. And really just their patience. As a parent, it was a great book to read because the patience of parents who had already had grown children mm. and the way that they love these two kids was really great. It also, it's a mystery. There's some mystery suspense part there. So that's kind of fun for kids as well. I think some of my kids have read that, but I haven't read it yet, but I love Sharon yeah. Creech. So <laughs> maybe another one for boys that you might not think of, but this is a great book is The Sign of the Beaver by Elizabeth George Spear. Oh yeah. And Atien is the main Indian character in the book. And he also is an orphan because of wartime. And he befriends Matt, who has left at home while his dad goes to retrieve their family as they just came to settle in a new place. So it's really a man's man kind of book. My son went around the house making bows and arrows after that out of wood. So <laughs> everyone loved that one. Yeah, yeah. My kids enjoyed that one too. Okay. Is, do you want me to keep going? Oh, yeah. oh I'm, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. Let me find my list again just a second. I was l- I'm walking around my house with all these books because I want to make sure I can look at them and talk to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. One that... Listeners of the Read Aloud Revival, I'm sure have heard about, would be the Green Ember series. Yay, yes. Yes, those are great books all on their own, but I loved it because Smalls himself was orphaned and is not raised by his family. Mm -hmm. And also even Heather and Pickett, they they don't know what's happening to their family. So their reaction to all these tragedies in their life or all these circumstances, it's fun to watch and it's action-packed. 
And I can't wait to read the newest book by Esty Smith, see how things turn out. (laughs) Yes, me either. And that's coming out in March. So when you're listening to this podcast, it's February. We're getting very close to the third book in the Green Ember series coming out. So there's Green Ember and then Ember Falls and Ember Rising releases this spring. So very exciting. Another fun book that really is going to have everyone laughing is The BFG by Roald Dahl. (laughs) My husband loved this book. He read it out loud. He did all the (laughs) weird speakings of the BFG. And that's just a fun one. So when I'm thinking about these books for kids, I'm thinking about foster care kids as well, not just adopted kids. And so often you want to bring, as you say, a family culture around books, bringing a new child into your home, getting them to laugh is probably one of the best things you can do in the beginning even though it may be difficult for some of the kids, is especially if they've been in several homes. But I would definitely recommend that one. Another one, of course, Anne of Green Gables, we've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. But Akin to Anne is a collection of stories that Lucy Maud Montgomery wrote prior to writing Anne of Green Gables. And most of Lucy Maud Montgomery's books are about orphans. So she has the Anne series that she wrote. And then she thought Anne was finished. She wrote six books, thought she was finished, wrote Emily of New Moon, which is a trilogy about another orphan, and then came back and wrote um, books seven and eight to the Anne series. So that could keep... I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that order. Hmm. Yes. So, and she too lost her mother at an early age and went to live with her grandparents and then went to live with her father when he was remarried for a short amount of time before returning to her grandparents. So there might've been a reason behind her love for happy endings for orphan children. I'm wondering now that I'm looking at that, if my daughter, who's a major Anne fan has ever read Akin to Anne. I don't know if she has. I might have found something that she doesn't know exists. So this is very exciting. (laughs) That's a great one. And it's nice because they all do have happy endings in that book. And it's little short stories. So it's a good one to keep in your purse when you're at the supermarket trying to squeeze in some more reading time or in the car. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay. Do you have any book recommendations for teens? I sure do. I love Jean Stratton Porter. She's written several books that have even been turned into movies, but Two that specifically deal with orphans are Freckles, who was an orphaned boy, and he didn't know his story. He was left in an orphanage and had one of his hands missing. So he has a disability that he grows up thinking, how did this happen to me? Where where did I come from? But it's just a beautiful story with some romance and great, beautiful language and wonderful nature references in there for all our nature lovers, mm-hmm. like myself. And then a Girl of the Limberlost by Jean Stratton Porter also follows Freckles. And in that story, Eleanor Comstock, who is the main protagonist, she encounters a little boy named Billy on her way to school. And Billy is hungry and he sees her lunchbox and she decides to share her lunch with him every day. And so from that, she learns that he comes from a rough home and eventually he and his sisters are orphaned and need a place to live. And so that's a strong side story in that one that I just love that book. Another one that I listened to on Audible was Echo by Pam Munoz Ryan. Oh my goodness. And I think that has was, to be one of the best audiobooks I have ever heard in my life. It is so yes. magnificent. Yeah. Yes. All of the harmonica music that accompanies that and the orchestra, it's just, it makes the story just come to life. I would definitely recommend listening to that one. Another one is Hattie Big Sky and Hattie Ever After by Kirby Larson. I love those books too. Yeah. Oh yeah. So fun. And then... For those who did love Pollyanna, Pollyanna Grows Up by Eleanor H. Porter. When she grows up, so it has a little bit of romance in that one as well. She's still playing the glad game, but in a different way. 
And so I loved having the full story on Pollyanna. A Long Walk to Water, which is based on a true story and also written by Linda Sue Park, is a fantastic book to read. One of those you'll also want to screen for your children if they have come from hard places. But it's just a great book to encourage us to turn around and help someone else that was like ourselves and to be agents for change in the world. One of the things I think she did so magnificently in that book is she, I mean, she really takes you to some sorrowful places, but she leaves you with this amazing sense of hope. Mm -hmm. So it's a book that sort of spans this really broad depth of emotion, but it does this thing. She does this thing at the end, I think, where she leaves the reader with this tremendous amount of hope. What wonderful, you know, it's just so inspiring and hope-filled. I think that can be a really difficult thing to do with a book that tackles the serious hard things like A Long Walk to Water does. Yes. She does it really beautifully. Yes. And just one more that can be teens or middle grade reading would be A Single Shard by her as well. I loved, loved that story. I did too. Yes, I did too. Well, this is fantastic. We have a huge list of books to go off of here. And again, we'll have links. You have even more recommendations, I know. And so we'll have links to your website in the show notes. Again, listeners, that's in episode 87. So that's just readaloudrevival.com slash 87. Brooke, do you have any anything you'd love to tell other parents who are in the process of adopting or have adopted children or are thinking about adoption? Do you have any words of encouragement or anything you'd love to just say to them if they're listening? Yes, I would say press on. Um, if you have that still small voice whispering in your heart to get started on this, then do the next thing, do take the next step, go to a class or call that adoption agency that that you've been thinking about calling. And for those in the middle of it, just press on, know that God makes all things beautiful in his time. And yes, this takes much longer than we anticipated. And in our case, we've had many setbacks legally. When errors are made there, it takes months and months versus, you know, let's erase it and just write over whatever we did. Mm -hmm. So I would say just take courage and press on knowing that you're doing something that makes an eternal difference for yourself, for your adopted child, and for your family. It has been an emotional roller coaster for us, but our children have been the greatest champions of we're doing the right thing, let's keep going, and also have a support group. We have had an amazing support group from our homeschool community and our church family and our family, just meeting our needs, especially when we had two kids quickly together, one Mm -hmm. especially we weren't planning for but a a beautiful gift. So press on, take courage, have a good support group and just keep, just keep going. You're doing the right thing. Now you've actually written a book about your son's adoption, right? Do you want to tell us about that before we go? Yes, I would love to. So our son was adoption was finalized in May and I knew I'd write a blog post about it, but I didn't think much more than that. And we really wanted to celebrate his adoption. So we had the idea to get a balloon for each month that he had been in foster care, which was 30 months. And so after the judge declared us a new family, we went outside with all our friends and their children. We each held on to a balloon and we just, on the count of three, lifted it up to the sky as a great thank you to God for this new gift and for seeing us through. Mm. And so after I wrote the post, I'm like, you know what? I think this could be a children's story. So I reworked it over several months and we have a book that I've written and my daughter's illustrated that's free for you to download from my website. And it's called 30 Balloons, an Adoption Tale. And we would love for you to share our story with your family. Oh, that's beautiful. I am excited to read it. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well so that everybody can go grab that if they like. I'm eager to see that. So 
Brooke, thank you so much for taking the time to come chat with me. This has been wonderful. And I know it's going to be encouraging and helpful to families. We get a lot of requests from families saying we need more book recommendations specifically about adoption. So this is a tremendous gift. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was my pleasure. Now it's time for Let the Kids Speak. This is my favorite part of the podcast, where kids tell us about their favorite stories that have been read aloud to them. I am Tamar. I am eight years old. I am from Canada. My favorite book is The Fantastic Mr. Fox by Roald Dahl. My favorite part is when Mr. Fox saves all the animals from dying of hunger. My name is Sadasha, and I am five years old. I live in Canada, and my my favorite author is Kevin Hankies, and he wrote Penny and Her Marble. And my favorite part is when Penny gets the marble. Hello, my name is Leon, and I am eight years old. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. My favorite book is Star Wars Zombies. Volume 3. I recommend it because it is many Star Wars comics wrapped into one big graphic novel. I recommend this book for the people who like action-packed books. It is very fun to read. My name is Karis. I'm 8 years old and my favorite book is Swells and Amazons because it's awesome. I'm from Spring Lake, Michigan. Hello, my name is Christopher Locke, and I live in Spring Lake, Michigan, and I can't decide between The Edge of the Dark Sea of Darkness, The Lord of the Rings, and Harry Potter. I like them because they have lots of action, and I like the characters. And I'm 10 years old. I am Catherine, and I am 6 years old. I am from Spring Lake, Michigan. My favorite book is The Adventures of Bramley Hedge and Summer. My name is Lily Hope and I'm pretty old. I'm from Spring Lake, Michigan. My favorite book is Bramley Hedge. Bramley Hedge, The Secret Staircase. Hi, my name is Lucas. I live in California. I'm five years old. My favorite book is Horton Hears a Who, because the little one saves the whole world. Bye-bye. My name is Amory, and I'm five years old, and my favorite book is Wendell, because there's a funny part, because a husband says, Dizzy, and there's a teacher named Mr. Tishman, and I live in Colorado Springs. Hi, my name is Kindy. I'm nine years old. I live in Colorado. And my favorite book is Wrinkle in Time because it's full of adventure and it's very exciting. And it has a lot of different planets and imaginary creatures. Hi, my name is Carson Rodriguez. I'm nine years old. I live in Pennsylvania. And my favorite books are Uncle Arthur's Bedtime Stories. And my favorite story is It Wasn't Quite Safe When the Boy Took Batches when his mom told him he wasn't allowed and made a bonfire and it spread across the, his mom's chicken house and lit it. Hi, my name is Colton Rodriguez and 
I live here in Pennsylvania and I'm seven years old and my favorite book is A Game for Truth, Miss Ruggy, written by Chris Van Dusen. And my favorite part about it is when they go rolling down the hill. Thank you. Thank you, kids. And that's it for today's show. Hey, don't forget to check out our new and improved show notes, the ones that have a time-stamped listener guide, complete transcripts, of course, links to all the books recommended. You Just go check them out and see what you think. Those are at readaloudrevival.com slash 87. And I'd love to know what you think of that brand new show note format. See if that's helpful for you. Hey, if you know somebody who has adopted, is considering adoption, is working through an adoption right now, send them this episode. Send them to readaloudrevival.com slash 87 so they can find books, ways to celebrate the kids in their lives. Thank you so much for listening. Can't wait to meet you back here next week. Same place, same time. In the meantime, go make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. Are you still here? Okay, well, I am too. And I wanted to check to see if you've had a chance to download the samples from RAR Premium yet. RAR Premium is committed to helping you become the peaceful, happy mom you're called to be so that your kids know deep in their bones that you just love homeschooling them and also so that they can become lifelong voracious readers. Get a free sample of RAR Premium by going to readaloudrevival.com slash sample or by texting the word RAR sample like it's one word all squished together (laughs) to the number 33777.